0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Sally here, joined by my guy, Arlo White, aka T C. Hello, T C. Good morning, Dom. How what are a you? moment. What a moment. The four aces, all American, all the time. Oh, and turn over to my uh my guy Jerry Foltz, aka DJ Pie. Hello, Pie Man. Greetings, guys. We're going to have to check on
1: our guy, Push. He's going to be a massive Four Aces fan at
0: this point. You know, I know, <laughs> I
1: know Push rides for the Lakers, the Cowboys, uh, you know. America's team. America's team. I, I got to think Push is probably a huge Four Aces guy at, the, at this point. Go
0: listen to the trap draw of that if that makes no sense to you. This podcast is brought to you by friends at Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Hopefully everyone in your friends group has a cash tag because that is money because Cash App connects you effortlessly with your friends and your finances. I would like to take this moment. Let's give a shout out to all our friends that are on Cash App. We're going to give a shout out to the friend who will only pay you back in Bitcoin. A lot of people are saying that might be me. Shout out to the friend that's always got a hot stock tip with absolutely no track record of picking stocks. Also might that's be That's TC. That's <laughs> kind of TC. Uh, shout out to the friend that orders the expensive champagne at dinner and wants to split the bill evenly. Uh, definitely also definitely might
2: be, TC. Also
0: might be <laughs> TC. Shout out to the guy who sends uh, sends you the money but that he owes you before you have to request it. Uh, I don't know if that's anyone in our group. but That's, that's, uh, that's
2: Harrison White, Harry the Lurker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then shout out to the guy uh, with the custom cash app card. And I, they put this note in there. and I got a lot of ideas for how we could incorpor- incorporate that in our content in the future. That could be a uh, some very embarrassing photos that have to go on your cash app card. Could be, could be interesting. If you're not familiar, cash app is an easy way for you and your friends to enjoy sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, gifting, or just pressing buttons to look busy. All with the number one finance app in the app store. That's money. That's cash app. Download cash app. From the App Store now, use code NLU. When you sign up, you get a free $15. Plus $10 goes to Youth On Course. supporting Junior Golf, Cash App, NLU, code, free $15. Story of the golf world, um, you know, sport, story of the sports world this weekend, I think uh, we can all agree, you know, with NFL and Live Championship and F1 going on and, uh, you know, college football and Florida, Georgia, and all that was, of course, Seamus Power, emerging as the new king of the fall series at the Butterfield TC, what I mean, the Irish are going to be over the moon at the that we're opening the show with, uh, with Seamus Power.
2: We had to, we had to do it to him. They've been, <laughs> they've been telling us about him for years. He He's out there doing it. I don't think this tournament should exist. It was a, but it was a tough, gonna tough scene. If you're going to play in one, though, even yeah. if the tournament's
1: shitty, you know, if you're showing up, you better win, right? You, totally. you know, th- there's
2: nothing, nothing, nothing more he could do this week. Uh, 65, 65, 65, 70. Uh, Gets it done by one shot. Uh, He kind of stumbled in, but uh, he made uh, four bogeys in his last six holes, interspersed with two birdies in there as well. But I think the story of the day was Ben Griffin.
0: I will say, like, yeah, it was was spicy out there. There was some wind. There was some elements going on. That golf course can look extremely, extremely benign, and it was benign earlier in the week. And then the second that wind starts to blow, like I know that 16th hole really gets a lot of run on social media and a lot of the highlights they show, but – I have no interest in hitting a 230-yard shot on the side of a cliff when the wind's blowing. And it was—they moved the tee up on Sunday on that hole because it was like dead into the wind. But seeing some pretty narrow greens and some downhill shots that they hit on some of these par threes with wind whipping, like I don't really want a whole lot to do with any of those shots. So I do think it—you know—obviously the Ben Griffin and the and Seamus's uh, scorecards on the back nine did not look pretty, but. If you wa- watch it go shot by shot, it was like pretty easy to see how all that, all that. And I, oh, I will and- say, I was not watching every shot. I did have to tune in for a little bit there, but uh, yeah, there was a lot else going on this weekend. Sheamus
2: played well. I mean, he 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 held it together, and then it was just crazy to see Ben Griffin. I mean, bogey... Tw- like he, because like, he was playing so well, he had five birdies in his first, ten, uh, or sorry, six birdies in his first eleven holes, and then goes bogey, 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 bogey double. 12 tough. through 16 and, and uh, that's going
1: to catch up with you out there.
2: <laughs> you start stringing those together <laughs> and it's, uh, it's tough to come back from.
1: Yeah. I, I don't have a lot to add here, guys. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend that I was, I was really strapped in for the, for the Bermuda event. I flipped on Gulf central this morning. I heard Brandel, uh, Invoking the job not done, Kobe Bryant presser playing the press conference video, uh, and I was like, "What the hell is he talking about?" And he was Who talking he about Sheamus. To? He Sheamus. was talking Powell? about Seamus Powers' fifty-four hole position at the Butterfield Championship. I was like, "You know what? I, I don't, I don't think I can do this, man." And shout out to Brandon Listen, if you, you know, same same thing with Sheamus Power. If you're if you're going to cover an event, you might as well cover it, right? But uh, that is, I, I just could not invoke the uh, the same enthusiasm for butterfield uh you know people are out there doing it i respect that but i I can't pretend that i watched watch much of this congrats to seamus power solly will you apologize
0: for not mentioning him that one time in that podcast like two years ago I will not. And I'm just going to let this run on for years and years and years. But like literally Brendan Kelly, 33 Seamus for Ryder Cup question mark Um, questions Where? like in the same breath, people will make fun of the field and the event of the Butterfield and take the result and be like, oh, well, this means this for sure. Like this means for sure he's going to be on the Ryder Cup team. So uh, look that he very well may make it, but this has absolutely nothing to do with that.
1: And there's some things to take away. Second win is nothing to sneeze at, you know. It's it's multiple time winner is is a thing not many people do. Thomas is playing really good golf. Patrick Rogers is playing good golf. Our guy Justin Lauer is up there again. David Lingmerth playing well. You had the Monday qualifier Aaron Battley thing that was cool. I mean there was there was some stuff there if if the sickos were really looking for it. There was Brian there was some Gay. Stuff. Brian Gay, 50 66, years old.
2: 66 66.
1: Yeah. started out. If if you needed a a PGA Tour fix, uh, it was out there for you. There was some stuff to sink your teeth into. I just I, I was uh, I was sated as far as PJ Tour golf goes this week. I, I I didn't I didn't need it, but you know I respect those
0: that did. Uh, there was a question from Shake Griffin as well. He said I didn't watch live, but watched great, Bermuda. Great <laughs> yeah, the quality of golf on the back nine was horrible with a weak field. Why is the PJ Tour trying to compete with the NFL and college football in the fall? And to that, Mister Shake Griffin, I would say. <laughs> I don't think they are trying to compete. I think they are very much also of the same attitude of like, look, we got to put up golf tournaments for our members and we're going to put one up this week. Like, it's going to be on TV like a little bit, but like, we don't really even care that much. So, we're not really going to ask you guys to care that much about it. But hey, we're also going to put up 500 FedEx Cup points this week, which, yeah, there was a great point. Uh, the fried egg made a great point this week of like, Horrible field still giving away 500 spots while there's only 70 cards being maintained in the next year is kind of like a, a little bit surprising that there weren't, uh, you know, more guys recruited to play in this event. But this is just like the reality of pro golf as we know it. And then all this stuff gets kind of put up on this same platform and same level ish playing field of like yeah this is this pj tour event counts the same as the farmers does towards the end of the year standing which is insane it's totally insane but it's also like we say pretty much every week in the fall like this is very optional viewing like it's just not and it's going to change like it's it's even harder to get into it this year knowing that these fall events aren't going to count towards the same uh next year and it makes i mean again this
2: is the last dance it's the last dance
0: (laughs) Glory's last hole. <laughs> this is the
2: last dance of the fall reach around season. And oh, it was a
1: very randy Randy Brown ass field uh, going on out there. <laughs> you know, we uh, got
2: we got Bill Cartwright teeing it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man! But yeah, it, it's just again the reality of of pro golf and how things kind of got away from from the PGA Tour and the overscheduling and at the same time, like yeah, the guys are. It, Guys, despite what a lot of the live players have said, guys want to play in golf tournaments, right? And if the PGA Tour just didn't stand up golf tournaments in the fall, they would go play the European Tour. They would go play a breakaway league exhibition. Like They would go do a lot of other stuff. There there is a reason why there are fall events. Uh, I think that they are going to be correcting that into the future and find ways to give top guys dollars in the fall while also giving these young guys kind of a... A hybridish corn fairy between between corn fairy and PGA Tour event to play in, and that's what this <laughs> felt like. It just is wild that it's full FedEx Cup points.
1: And also on that note, I mean, it's not like the PJ tour is taking out some high interest loan in order to like put on this event and like damaging their future prospects. Like people are, people are paying for the purses, man. People are paying for the TV. Like, how do you look at your members and be like, yeah, no, people definitely will put up a, whatever it is, $7 million purse, $8 million purse. Uh, but like now we're going to, we're going to just choose not to do it. Like, yeah, I get it. It's just, it's, it's really weird when the onus is like put on the fan of just like, Oh no, 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 we don't don't expect you to watch this one. Like to just, you know, don't, don't worry about it. It's just, that's where it kind of becomes like, wait, what are we doing? What
2: is, what is this? What is this product? which That's also I, I, what makes although it, Butterfield could be, there could be a high interest loan involved. Here, well, that, That's the true. That's true. Bermuda that's true. and banking industry and all that. Sure.
1: I'm not saying they're not taking out a high interest. <laughs> I just, I don't think the PJ tour is
0: putting themselves in financial dire straits to do it. But this is what also makes me super sad about like how little the fan matters here. Like truly, they're like, we don't care if you watch or not, both for the good events and the bad. Like we just don't yep. really care. We're not really going to make that appeal. It's like, guys, it just makes you feel so powerless. But uh, but like yeah. when
2: you look at it inside the context of like even the fall season of, let's say there's three less fall events. Like how how much better are the fields for the remaining right. fall events going to be? Like they've stretched it so thin. I mean, shit, we we saw it this week that. Kim Swan he shot 89 81 Andy Friedegg just absolutely <laughs> detonated him in the newsletter this week uh, like it's it's a joke it's a fucking joke like this tournament shouldn't exist it makes the tour look bad like live did a like was highly successful in in scheduling there Season finale against this event, picking up good events. They the good events. events go Next week, we've got Mayakoba. It just broke, uh, courtesy of the tour junkies. Mayakoba is. Going to live next year?
0: Maya yeah. Coben to live? Question mark. <laughs> Kim Swan to live? Also, just coming in through the wire here as we record this. <laughs> Are we
2: sure that Siwan Kim and 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 Swan and Kim Swan aren't the same person?
1: It's true. It could be a comma issue. Maybe they just got the got the name switch. Did you explain that Kim Swan is like a sixty? What is he? Sixty five year old dude. I think he's like the board. He's on the board of directors of like the golf course. I think he used to play like high level college golf. Uh, just, I, I know you've you've shouted him out a couple times now, but uh, Andy Johnson on the Shotgun to Start This Week was talking about it and said it would be like if they, the NFL was like, hey, this guy over here was like, he was an instrumental project manager in getting the stadium built, and he used to play offensive guard in college. So we're just, if you guys don't mind, just let him take a couple snaps out there. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to get him some reps. It would really mean a lot to him. Uh, it's just like... Maybe the funniest visual But it's just it's
2: crazy that like there's this event that like the tour is hey, we're the serious golf tour. We're the we're where the serious competitive meritocracy stuff happens. And we've got Luke Donald, Johnson Wagner, Swan Kim, John Daly, Greg Coke, (laughs) DJ Trahan. One of the Koch brothers things of that nature in the field this week. And it's I like, I keep thinking what, it says Nick Jonas
1: at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the leaderboard. Nick
0: Jones though. He's a local. Come on guys. No, right. It's not, it's not good. It's not good in any way, but there's something to like your eyes kind of going towards the bottom of the field, filling out and comparing that to live in terms of like, imagine if like live had to fill out, 140 totally, yeah. person fields like, Oh my God, they can't even fill out 48 person fields without a, becoming a complete joke in terms of, I, it just seems like a, a, an easy talking point for, for live, the live stands out there to be like, you know, to, to, to shit on the bottom half of the PGA tour fields when it's really like, all right. Well, you got to remember, there's probably like a hundred dudes in here that like legitimately qualified through it, corn ferry, and through excruciating methods of like getting to this point. And yes, that is the bottom half a complete joke and kind of representative of a lot of problems in the PJ tour a million percent. But like, there's also something to that volume of professional golfers competing on a course at the same time that I know it's easy to shit on. That like you still don't want that smoke in terms of comparing the strength of fields of some of this stuff between the uh, oh, between totally. the live events. I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying in general of uh, like yeah,
2: but I'm just saying too. Like the torch needs to be better, right? You just need to like not put yourself in that situation in that scenario. It's like the it's the ghosts of Tim Fincham coming back to to roost. You know, it's it's uh and yeah, like you know guys that Monday qualifier or, or you know guys that that haven't played a tournament in three years, they can turn up and shoot you know, five, six, seven under, you know, multiple days in a row. And it just goes to show you like, yeah, like the, the depth of golf and, and how good, you know, like how good guys are even that haven't been in the mix here of late. But like, to me, it's just that bottom 40 guys in this field. Like, you know what, like make it a hundred man field. You know, yeah, like, oh, like, yeah. like, it's yeah. like, why are you filling it out? Or like, or cut the amount of FedEx cup points there. I mean, it's just like, to me, it's like, it's, it's insulting to the farmers and the, and Phoenix and colonial and Harbor town and like all these tournaments that, that put out a good product and all that. And like, this counts for the same amount and that's bullshit.
1: TC, you think you would have beat 89, 81 this week?
2: Um, uh, I, I, I think, I, think like I could that have would been 89. right I definitely would not have beat you would. beaten 81. I think, I think that would I have could been have right have about the 90.
1: line twenty twenty eight over. I think would have been right about the Vegas line. I think
2: the guy, TC. sorry, the guy was averaging like two hundred and eighteen <laughs> yards off the tee.
0: It was windy. no joke. <laughs>
2: was I windy. swear to God, two hundred and eighteen yards.
0: He got gusted on. What do you want him to do? <laughs> I will say, sorry, it, uh, sorry, two
2: thirty two for the for the it, second round. Two twenty four for the week. So he was averaging two seventeen point five in the first round.
0: We. We kind of glanced over it, but the Ben Griffin story—I think uh, it, you know—it's—it's. It's, this is not the first place this will be documented. This past week, but basically, walked away from golf about two years ago, and at the age of 24, I think it was, and went back to uh, Corn Ferry Q School. Had a great season on the Corn Ferry Tour this year. Got his tour card, and, and now is coming close to winning PGA Tour events. It's the kind of thing that, like, I'm literally watching some of our friends here in Jacksonville go through this thing of like dude, I, I was like a couple shots away from getting my tour card like a few years ago. And I'm a couple shots away. You know, I'm a shot away at second stage of, of Q school this year. Like, how do you how do you the line between giving up and also being able to compete in professional golf is insane. It's just incredible. And That's why I like I was rooting for Ben Griffin this week, just because I think it would have. Yeah. It, it's a little bit it's inspiration for a lot of those dudes that are like powering through this stuff and just going on the road away from their families every week. And grinding their asses off, just trying to make it because it really can change in a week in pro golf. And we saw it with Philip Knowles, you know, basically sneaking into the Corn Ferry finals, then get his PGA tour card uh, this year. And that's the kind of thing that keeps a lot of careers alive. So he uh, I don't I know I don't know Ben Griffin and don't really know anything about him. But it was kind of a, that was a that was a fun story, at least to follow this week.
1: And, and I think oh, you can great, say a lot of this, the same for Tron. You kind of alluded to it earlier, but like. I mean Ben Crane is another one. It's just like, yeah, what's Ben Crane's life been like the last the last couple of years and to to be able to just pop up randomly and shoot whatever he shot 62, 63 or something and in, in round 1 is insane. Aaron Badley is kind of in that that same like wilderness. I know it's a it's a totally different world, but like even having them in the same field kind of fighting similar demons is is kind of cool and I think it kind of speaks a little bit to the importance of I don't know, not to turn like a, a positive into a negative, but like it kind of speaks to the importance of like having somebody who can do some of the storytelling stuff out there, right? Because these stories are so freaking cool. But at the same time, it's like if you are a casual fan and it's like, all right, this weekend you've got NFL, you've got college football, you've got a couple movies coming out, you've got Halloween, you've got this, you've got blah, 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 blah. It's like, I need you to dive in on like – Ben Griffin's story at the Bermuda championship is like, dude, that's, that's a tough ask. Right. And so I think it all kind of speaks to like whatever. I think it all speaks to the, the telecast getting better and the storytelling and all that stuff. And kind of some
2: of the important, which also like, there's no off season.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: I mean like these guys, like Ben Griffin graduates from corn Ferry tour and gets back to the tour. And it's like, there's no off season. He, he tees it up a week and a half. After the last Corn Ferry tour event. And and it's like I, I'm not trying to take anything away because like I'm a sicko. I love I love following the race within the race during the fall series where it's you know, you've got the Thomas Dietries who are playing really well, or a friend of ours, Justin Lauer, who's like, you know, up in the top twenty of FedEx Cup and like he's got a fantastic head start on the year, or Austin Smotherman, who shot 62 first round this week and then didn't play well in the weekend. Like it's still a real golf tournament and it's still really, really tough to win. But To me, it's just like the tour is needlessly cheapening its own competition in a way.
1: So let me ask you a question on that because we talked, Tron, we did the podcast, whatever that was, Shriners or something, when it was you and I, and- we were kind of talking about some of that race within the race and following some of the fringe guys and stuff. Do you feel like this is all like very, very personal, but do you feel like you have fallen off of following that from years past? And if so, why do you think that is? I think, because uh, I, yeah, I feel well, like I have personally, I, I feel like I used to be yeah. way deeper into that. And now I've just like, uh, I don't know if it's too many events or or what. I'm not trying to lead you to an answer, but that I was thinking about that the other day.
2: No, I definitely think yeah. It's I mean even if you finish hundred and you know sixtieth on 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 the FedEx Cup for a season, you're still making like a lot of. It's still life changing, right? Yeah. And it's still going to fund your career for another few years. And I think the the margins are you know like the margins are thinner than ever. But also once you get your PGA Tour card, it's kind of like all right, you're you're good for a little bit. Um, I think on the Corn Ferry Tour, I think there's so many good guys coming through. Like I've I, I haven't fallen off one bit on really following that and tracking that but i do think like it's been cheapened a little bit as well by the amount of guys that left for live guys getting kind of a get out of jail free card and getting able you know being able to like all right so and so finished 132nd this year or just the way that the tour operates as well to where like when you lose your card you don't really lose your card right when you finish 126th you're, you're gonna get like 18 starts next year you know and it's it's kind of one of those things. And it's like, yeah, like you don't have the certainty. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get into some of the events that you want to get into and everything. But for me, it's like there needs to be more downside. There needs to be a little bit more churn, a little bit more turnover to to get that, you know, that razor's edge back
0: a little bit, yeah. right? Uh, this next one I'm gonna stay away from for uh, for personal reasons. But uh, something else happened down in the uh, in Bermuda this this past week. TC.
2: Yeah, Grayson Murray scooter accident. Glad he's okay. I would imagine slash am being told by a variety of people that there's a lot more to the story. And uh, I'll leave it at that. But uh, I would probably caution against like complaining about not being able to rent cars on the island of Bermuda if you're a tourist. (laughs) I'll just leave that there. Like it feels like, hey, you kind of got away with one here. Like maybe leave it alone, dude. What so, happened? And what uh, happened? I,
1: I was pretty checked out on this one as well. That's going to be a theme throughout the week here. By the way,
2: <laughs> uh, he he, he crashed a rental scooter,
0: uh, like a moped, and yeah. he had withdrawal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like how like the yeah.
2: face all messed up. Like you know, like not good. You know, bad bad accident. Yeah. So
0: well and so of course with that in mind uh, easy transition here NBA fans the wait is over (laughs) basketball is back so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA new customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins check this out in addition to the usual bets everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays so go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app opt in place a stepped up same game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where we all go to bet on the NBA. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU. Make any five dollar bet this week and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Only the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code NLU. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, I, I I've not been following the NBA very closely this week, but I do have to question Mister Eight Hundred Club. Yesterday was telling me that the Lakers are one shooter away from really starting to get it together. <laughs> I'm going to bet the under on whatever he's he's betting the over on right now. I don't I don't think it's happening for them right now. That's 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 all I can bring you for the NBA right now.
1: See, I'm told. Uh, I'm told my bucks are five and zero. Oh.
2: They are only
1: undefeated are. team in the in the in the association.
2: Yeah, I watched some. You know, Sally, I was talking to your your neighbor James about. He's a he's a big Pelicans fan. So I was I was getting deep with him on the Pelicans. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the I, I, yeah. By the way, I want to apologize to the people of Bermuda real quick. Uh, I called it a national open earlier this week. Uh, it's mm. not a national open. It's a territorial open, which is kind of which a very is almost cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. That would be yeah. kind of a cool grand slam to win the territorial <laughs> opens.
0: Guam, the Guam Open, things of that nature. <laughs> it is time. What a moment at the 18th club here at Doral as the four aces are your inaugural live golf team champions. My Fitbit's going crazy over here. Uh, that was a line that Jerry Foltz said as they were coming down the stretch because. I'm sure there's there's so much riding on it for fans everywhere. But uh, what was your guys' reaction to the uh, live championship finale? Whatever I don't even know what they called it. Live team championship, whatever it was. DJ I know you were you were knee deep in it because you you were very aware they were going back to stroke play today.
1: <laughs> yeah, so a, a lot a lot going on there. A lot of directions we could take it. Let me lead with. I thought Friday and Saturday were were sweet. Like, sincerely, I thought that the format was actually, like, really cool. You know, I don't think I need to preface this, but I'll preface it just in case with, like, it's still an association of just the worst possible people you could put together. <laughs> I'm I'm rooting for them all to fail. Uh, I hope it doesn't work <laughs> out. But having said that, uh, I thought they actually nailed a lot of the, the details of the the team championship. I can't believe for something that is completely pulled out of thin air featuring all the worst people, you know, uh, I was kind of blown away at the fact that I was like, oh, that's actually I'll, I'll watch the last couple holes of of each of these things. I don't need to watch the first 15. You know, I, I don't need to. I, it's it's very much like let me flip it on and see like, you know, whose name Bubba mispronounces on, on the first tee and then I'll Suzanne. flip it off for. Suzanne. For th- four or five hours (laughs) and then i'll come back and uh you know watch the last two or three holes and watching the last two or three holes i was like oh this is actually a good format it got me pumped for the for the international crown on the lpj which i think is going to use the same format next year right
2: are they doing stroke play final round
1: that i don't know And yeah, I don't know why they went to stroke play today. Although I guess actually it kind of, it kind of ended up working out with, it kind of felt like a, you know, I guess the scores just worked out the way they worked out, but it almost felt like a little bit of a singles match there with Dustin and and Cam coming down the stretch. But I I don't know. All of that is to say like after a year of missteps and deeply, deeply, deeply meaningless golf, it it was a bit of finding it at the bottom. So I, I, please don't, don't take this for, you know, some, some massive like we we really saved it at the end yeah Yeah, no it's just i thought i thought there were some positives this week
0: it's amazing how much better the team match play is in turn like i can flip it on and i can understand exactly like what's going on and like a three-day cumulative i couldn't even i I still don't understand how their team stuff works what scores count what don't i think they changed that midway through the season and like, I just don't, I can't talk myself into caring about caring about that. But I'm like, for a moment there on Saturday, whenever it was, it was like, oh, shit, the 4 aces is about to go down. I was like, oh, God, they actually might be onto something with that. I mean, it's super easy to just turn in and be like, this team is playing this team, and this is the score right now. And how do you strategize who are you who are putting in the foursomes match? If you're not familiar, there was two singles matches and a foursomes match, so there's three points, no halving. I believe you just play off until somebody wins, so you're guaranteed to, you know, somebody to win it. So do you hide your two guys not playing well in foursomes? So the, uh, you know, basically, so they're playing half a match and the other guys are playing a, a full match. Like, that's interesting. Now, like Dustin Johnson playing like Shergo Alcourdi or whoever he was playing is like very emblematic of like one of the great wastes of talent we're, we're going to see in this era of, uh, of golf. But at the same time, it was like obvious of how, uh, how, the, how they can make this team part work.
2: Yeah. That was my takeaway. It was, I, I like the format. I think it's, it, it gives you context. It's like, I th- I still don't think like, I was watching the stroke play today and unless can't like Cam played like wonderful golf. He was like the only guy out there that, I mean, DJ hit a feathery, you know, kind of 70% driver into that drivable par four, but like, otherwise, like, and like, even afterwards I was like, Oh cool. Like that's it. Like the four aces win and they win a shitload of money, but also like, the second place team, like each of them wins like $2 million a piece too. So, you know, the third place team wins like $1.5 million a piece like the team gets 6 million. So it's like none of this really matters at all. Right. Like, um, I I was also thinking about that when Dustin had the, uh, you know, whatever
1: he had a three footer or something to, to win on 18. I was like, well, it's, I mean, probably a little less stressful when you've you signed like a $250 million deal at the beginning of the year. And <laughs> like that money's already yeah. in the bank account. Like now you're just playing for like three or four. That's a little different than, you know, whatever.
2: Well, and, and I think so. Yeah. So like really at the end of it, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that's, you know, like I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying on rooting for punch. Cause I'm like, I thought cam, like cam cam shot 65 and like played his dick off. Um,
1: and, and I gotta say, know. TZ, you kept calling him donkey punch GC on slack. <laughs> and that's, You know, we're not doing that here, (laughs) man. We're not doing that.
2: We're not doing that. (laughs) This is serious golf. I'm sitting there watching it, and it's like, you know, Pat Perez has a bad lie in the in like in the rough or in a bunker, and there's Maroon Five is playing in the background, or like P is uh P's in you know in a in a bad spot, you know, another like the the soundtrack in the background, you like these deep club club beats just hitting you know, those bass beats, it's just such a bizarre, weird thing. And then they cut to another side of the course and there's no music going on and all that. But uh, it's like, you know, how does it feel <laughs> to treat me like you do? It's just it's it's just so bizarre, man. You're going to get us I mean, in like,
0: copyright trouble. Which, how, how do they not get hit with a ton of ads on YouTube? You can't play music on YouTube without having the rights to it. I don't know. It, it is very
1: it's very dystopian in a lot of a lot of those ways. Bubba's doing the interview with Taylor Gooch and he apologized for this and I'm, you know, Bubba's not a an on-course commentator, so I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a
2: pass, but it <laughs> Bubba was, tried to do on-course commentary. It it wouldn't wouldn't go go we'll go <laughs> Uh, it's very,
1: I don't know, man, but like when, when I'm sitting there trying to remember who's on what team and he's interviewing Taylor Gooch and be like, <laughs> yeah, so how did your captain Brooks, what did he tell the team this morning? Which Brooks of course is not Taylor Gooch's captain. He's on a completely different team. And then Gooch just like runs with it. It's just like, yeah, yeah. You know, we just got to play hard. <laughs> and it's like, God, what, what Which, is this thing,
0: man? What are we doing? Gooch- in Gucci's defense he may not know who's on the rest of his team and right based right. on some of okay. how he's made his decisions but it also goes like i think they listen this is like this is like year zero for live in reality like it's like probably the year that shouldn't have existed but it was like we had to just bust through the door and blow this shit up and 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 fuck around for a while and figure out what works and what doesn't and like what definitely didn't was like Change, guys just changing teams without rhyme or reason throughout the course of the year. And just getting, so like, so the team championship, of course, means nothing to a sports fan, like sitting there watching it, like, oh gosh, yeah. They made the right move signing Dustin Johnson. Like Liv, like the four aces didn't sign him, Liv did, right? It wasn't like the four aces were captained by somebody that made all the right decisions and all that. That's where like, you're kind of seeing that start to crystallize as the year goes along and the teams were way more consistent at the end of the year. And it, I think that goes to show like there is franchise possibility in this thing. I don't think that there is a sweeping amount of talent coming down, the, like coming in into live. I don't think like I don't think the dudes were waiting for, until after the 50 million dollar team finale to like be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming to live now. Now's my time. Yet at the same time, like legitimate strategy around like, like people shout on Pat Perez a lot, but like. It seems like you're, the, there's going to be a fourth man on each team, and like who has the weakest fourth man might decide how these events shake out. Like, I it can sounds see like there's myself be a
2: fifth man on each team. Yeah,
0: there's like a substitute right? player on yeah. each team. I can see myself going from a zero point one interest level in the golf, like up to an undisclosed number based on that. Like, I think it will get, it it is built on, it's it's more interesting than it was in the very beginning, right? When it was so completely random and you couldn't keep track of any of it. Now it's like, well, I know how dumb the cliques logo is and all that, but like, are they going to pull off the upset this week? Like they're at least, I still feel the exact same way about where this ends up. Because of for a lot of reasons, yet I think that it's going to go better for them interest wise next year. What do you guys? So let think?
1: me put let me push back on that just a little bit because I think the only thing to me, and this might change if we're in it for the long haul here and we have time to actually like build up some, you know. History on this fucking thing, which is stupid <laughs> to say in the first place. But the only reason today was interesting was because it was Dustin versus Cam Smith and because of what we've seen them do on the PJ Tour and in major championships, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Chikara is a good example, right? Of he won the event where in Thailand, and it's like, if he goes and rattles off three live victories next year, do you suddenly have all this context about Chikara and you're thinking about him coming down the pike? Like, I think this stuff is still only interesting in the context of like what these players have done on the PGA tour, which is kind of the whole, the whole point. Right. Or like it, it still is, it, it's almost like dependent on I'm existing talking th-
0: strictly teams though. Like that no, 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 team no, I, aspect building. But he, like I, I, I still don't care on an individual basis.
1: Right. And that's, so I guess where I was going to go with that is like, they have a a really specific decision to kind of be made here because if, if you're going, so they, there was a couple stories that came out about, the, uh, live guys sitting down with some media and kind of going through their business plan for next year. And it, you know, no surprise. This is what the PGL said too, but all a lot, a lot, a lot of the potential revenue is derived from these franchises. And I think this week was a good example of seeing, like you said, how well the team aspect can work. But I think the team aspect only works when you start to have like the different formats, like we saw on Friday and Saturday. And then that only works if you like don't give a shit about OWGR points, right? And if you kind of almost are like punting on this idea of golf as an individual sport, because honestly, man, like watching the finale, I don't think Pat Perez and P and Gooch and Dustin. Like, I don't think they're faking that. I think they're legitimately like, dude, we've grown closer over this year. And like, we are getting to know each other better. And we're, I think they're legitimately trying to play for each other again, hand up, pause, typical parenthetical. I don't give a shit really about like these things, but I don't doubt that they do. Like, I, I think it clearly means something to them. It looks like they're having fun. However, in order to like, keep growing this thing and growing this thing and growing this thing like you have to convince guys to jump on for that for 90 percent of your season instead of what you've trained your entire life for which is playing individual pro golf do you know, you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's it's a very weird thing where they almost have to just like pick a lane yes. and that means giving up on a bunch of other stuff which i don't think they're because gonna if do.
2: it's if it's 13 you know 13 of the regular stroke play events next year yes like those those Don't make me feel anything in the team thing. feels so ancillary where like today, you know, love him or hate him. Most people hate him. I I think he's a clown, but like shout out to Pat Perez. Like that was a really, really difficult golf course. He went out and he shot two under par and like his score counted for his team and they won by, you know, a shot. Right. Or like, I think cam was like, I think cam legitimately loves playing team golf. Like, I think that, you know, I think that they're probably going to have one more guy come onto their team next year. You know, as far as like you know, the leash. Is it you? And Cam Is you? And, uh, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, and and uh, but but like it's you know, it's very much like they said they want to like, consolidate, guys. They want them all living in the same town. But they also got lucky because like if if Cam doesn't play his dick off, like then you know the four aces win by eight shots today, and it's totally meaningless coming down the stretch. Or even worse, possibly is like if the Kepka brothers don't completely shit themselves, you know, coming down the stretch like on the front nine there because they tee off uh on the back I think, they like they you know, smash golf club with Brooks Kepka, Peter Uline, Chase Kepka and Jason Kokrak like winning the overall team competition it would have been a fucking disaster, right? Yeah. You know, and and then like going into this week too, like it's just the quarterfinals come up and I'm I'm like, "All right, like who's playing today?" and it's you know, Brooks against Varner and Varner beat the shit out of Brooks. And uh, you know, you got Chase and Kokrak and Chase Kepka against Turk Pettit and Hudson Swafford. Uh, you know, you got the Majestics, just took it to the Iron Heads, beat the shit out of them. Like, Nah should get like Nash should lose his captaincy.
1: <laughs> Payback the valuation of his of his <laughs> of his franchise.
0: This event shows off how shitty their fields actually are, though. Like, it's yeah. pretty easy to yeah. hide behind, like, the whoever's in the top 10. But, like, then you see these actual matchups and you're like, oh, my God. Like, and that, yeah, that's, like, more of what I think the future of this looks like than uh, than what they <laughs> have maybe had had built it as.
2: But then, like, the, the other thing is, all right, so the Cliques show up this week. <laughs> Shergo Alcurti. What or who is that? <laughs> And it's He's the been team there. championship. Like he like how does he just parachute into the team for the
0: championship?
1: <laughs> He's been the reserve all year, right? They just But like, if you're not on the if you're nose. not on
0: the the 40-man roster by September, you can't get a playoff right. call out But we know totally. that rule. I mean, come totally. on. That's that's been a rule for quite some time. Yeah. But did I see and, just and then,
1: because I don't know where else it's going to slot in, but did I see a, a quote or a tweet or something about James Pyatt calling for a singles match against Dustin Johnson? Did you guys see that? <laughs>
2: No, I did not. Right. I'm going to see if I can sense.
1: effort that. But that uh, I may have dreamed that. But I, I think there was a true, like, in the locker room, he was like, I want DJ, which is the unintentionally funniest thing uh, that's probably happened on
2: that tour all year. I mean, like, but, like, shout out to the Cliques for going up against Torque. And basically, like, Laurie <laughs> Cantor got it done. Uh, Blandy gets up, gets emotional. Blandy and uh, GMAC uh, beat Otague and Scott Vincent. And then, uh, you know, Mickelson... Mickelson played well uh, against Cam. I guess Cam said there were four holes behind because Mickelson was slow playing him so much.
0: But you got to put the you got to put the live like you know grading on a curve. So it's probably two holes behind, like in terms of what what the live guys are going to exaggerate. But yes, it, apparently he accused him of gamesmanship a little bit which but again like that's where again it was very simplified it was easy to tune in and be like oh shit phil's giving cam a run for his money right now instead of like today it's like well leash has this putt on wait is that his second to last hole or his last hole yet so stupid it's got to. it it should go it really should (laughs) that's where it's like they've got the format partially right and that's where again it's kind of like the scary part being this is year zero and experimental and that they can crystallize some of this stuff and iron out some of it. Uh, shout yep. to the Ironheads and, uh, and 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 really improve on it. So um,
2: and I got like, you know what you know what the thing that really really stuck out to me this week was, and just like it was kind of a it's a total aside, but it just shows you how badly Ty Votaw and everybody that set up the Olympic golf how badly they fucked that up. Yeah, because like Olympic golf could be sweet and you yes. could have teams. Countries playing together. You, you know, you could certainly have an individual side of it. Shit, you could do something like this for a variety of different tournaments on the PGA tour. Like you could do an individuals event kind of like this for Eastlake. Say, you know, you get the top eight guys advancing through match play. You take those eight guys after that and then throw them into a stroke play final on the last day. So you don't have to worry about only two balls and play the whole day. But like that was my big thing, was like, man, like the Olympics could like, could have been sweet if they did something relatively creative like this.
1: Yeah. And I think, I I feel like I've mentioned this in the past, Uh, but I don't know how much of that falls on the tour and how much of that falls on like the IOC or maybe some of that's working together. But I think a lot of the whole thing with the Olympics is them trying to mimic, like, how do you, they don't want to come, you know, they don't want to do an NBA season and then like decide it with a three point
2: shootout. But you could certainly have an individual winner as well. Like you could have individual and then, you know, a team winner. I, as well. I really
1: dig the, and again, not to, not, saying that like I would become, you know, the world's biggest live golf fan if they were to make these changes. But I think where you start building context, Ron, is kind of what you're talking about with like, okay, you have this set four man team for next year. And then trying to decide if each week is basically like this team event, trying to decide like, who's your foursomes specialist? Who's your singles guys? What are, you know, this guy's been struggling here. Let's slot it. Like then it gets a little more interesting rather than just like, let's go play arbitrary shit golf like all over the world is just i'm not gonna be signing up for that that's
0: where like honestly if i had a recommendation to them be like dude give up on the owgr thing you're not close and if they have to if if you still need another year in compliance to do it like you're you're if you think you're close you're just not you're not even remotely close like go do the different thing like you're you're supposed to be this different thing these dudes left the competitive golf ecosystem. You got to embrace what made you different and what makes you nimble. Like, stop trying to shoehorn this into this stroke play thing because you have something special here. If you want all the value to come from these franchises, like, give me, give me matchups. Give me, give me matchups. To look forward to. Like, I, I think eventually to, like, how I was thinking about this too. How dumb is the name, like, the Washington Commanders, sound right now? Because, like, that's new. That's like the the new name. Or the guardians. Like if, if somebody yeah. came out with a team name, the the Patriots now, how ridiculous would that sound? Uh, yeah, like we've been familiar. I think that would actually, play we've,
1: I think that would play pretty well, well actually. Right, but
0: now. how funny would that be? Like, but we've known that since we were born. That name basically since we were born, and like over time, like the Seattle Kraken eventually just becomes like common term, and and it. it the Kraken. Uh, but I'm saying, like, it, initially when you hear it, it's kind of freaky. The the Las Vegas Golden Knights, like all this stuff. You is- know what's a name that
1: people don't even bat an eye at anymore? The Corn Fairy Tour <laughs> is, is like that's just something like, oh yeah, that's right. no, that's just what it's called. Yeah, that's the stupidest name in,
2: ever. And yeah, it just you gotta you gotta just stick to your guts. But like, there was a certain amount of, I guess, sadness today for me as well, where I'm like. Shit, man, like, or really yesterday, too, like, like, Dustin Johnson, it's the semifinals. Dustin Johnson's playing fucking Shergo alcurdy in the semifinals. That's
0: what I've been saying. This is such a waste of the, like, uh, DJ and Cam are truly wasting some of the most outrageous talent that this sport, not this sport has ever seen, but, like, two of the best players that this sport has They're wasting their talent by going up against a a guy named Shergo that I've never heard of before. Like, that's a waste of your talent. I'm sorry. And that's where the Cam thing really has frustrated me. Like, he just didn't, never seemed like that motivated by money to me, and he seemed like a hyper-competitive dude that, like, I just can't imagine, like, uh, you know, going and and not wanting to compete against Rory and Schefflers and all those guys. But I think that's... that's, And props to him for, like, getting up for it.
2: You know what I mean? Like, DJ and him, like, they haven't mailed it in. They're still
0: He stunk in the overseas playing. ones. Uh, Cam was really bad in the, uh, yeah. in the overseas ones. And haven't mailed it in is always relative when you're playing against a bunch of plumbers True. and firemen. And uh, <laughs> shout to, shout to our it's boy, like, JJ. You know, buddy. it's like
2: 65 could have been eighth. You know, it, like, so that was something, too. Like, watching Doral today, it was just, man, like, it, I think it can be two things at once. It can be, like, actually a pretty good tournament golf course for you know to identify a certain skill set i think like somebody like leash out there like that's probably not the best venue for him especially off the tee but like it's it's also deep like it's next to the airport there's always planes flying over it's a place that like i've been there once i never ever want to step foot there ever again just because like it's the most it's everything i hate about florida golf it's tied into you know one package and like you could maybe drop the golf from that just Maybe everything I hate about Florida, it- <laughs> it's like it's like inland Miami. Like I hate Miami. I, I like it's inland. It's awful. It's it sucks. It's bad, bad spot.
0: Uh, and I want to, a couple. I hate to even like put this in like the win column or like a shout out to live on this, but for the match play portions a constant scoreboard showing the status of the matches in real time like the lowest bar you can clear (laughs) they managed to do put that up there and just the ridiculousness of NBC refusing to do that for their team events just gets highlighted as well and then of course they've done such a good job with this this past year miking up the caddies catching the conversations it just pulls you in immediately it's all of a sudden, shockingly, dudes are available to do this. I know they're getting paid enormous amounts of money and don't really get a say in these things. But like, I, I'm amazed that the you're it's it's possible to mic up these guys and get their golf conversations. We on do camera.
1: we do have the technology.
0: Apparently, it yes. is possible. It is. Those
2: possible. mics were hot as shit down the stretch too. Uh, P called himself a fucking twat, uh, and then actually, you know what? Props to, uh, props to Bubba. He laid out. It's like Arlo and the gang were, were, were like, Hey, this is probably your last event doing play by play or doing on course commentary. Like give it, you know, bring it to us. And he's like, no, I'm not talking right now because the caddy and the player are talking right now. Will you guys give me a sec here? So props to Bubba.
0: There. Props to Bubba just in general for laying out for Liv like way before he could play in any of the events, like in a huge hurry to leave Liv. Apparently he didn't even collect all his pip money because he left before he did his charitable thing and didn't even get to select it. He just had to get to live so fast, so left fast. his credit card at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> the guy got to get out of here, man. <laughs>
2: It's the, do- it's the dope <laughs> the It's the doke move. Uh, <laughs> the embers. When they, oh, there's a story. Yeah, it, t- Tom Doke put up an Instagram post. <laughs> this was like four four years it's ago now. It's a seminal he's piece this, of literature now. He's art. at this. Uh, he's at the Detroit airport. I think they're they're like small commuter jet uh, facility. And there's this restaurant called the Embers in there. And he he was pitching about the the uh, pace of the service and how slow it was. So he handed his credit card to a fellow diner that you didn't know who was sitting a couple of tables over and he said will you please pay for me and then destroy the credit card.
0: <laughs> burn after reading i think that's that's kind of all i got from live tour championship i know we got some superlatives lined up kind of looking back at the at the year that was live unless there's anything else you guys want to get to before we do that
2: i guess one thing that i had a question about was just like blandy and Gmac, they were all emotional after their you know they had a tight loss and the In the uh, in the semis there, Blandy or G Max said something about Blandy not qualifying, like not having he like being just shy on points for next year.
0: Which Which there was an I I was Golf Digest article by Evan Priest that like kind of that we'll talk about a little bit too. That kind of outlines how they're forming the rosters next year. But it sounds like each team has a principal player slash captain that takes one of the spots, and then the the next twenty four guys are qualified through this past year's standings. I believe, and then each captain gets a wild card selection to take for the final spot. So maybe he was Got one it. spot outside of qualifying for that. I I truly couldn't Got say. Um, they'll probably change that by by next week as well. But
2: also this week, did you guys notice at all? Like third leg, Greg seemed to be very very much behind the scenes, way lower profile, not, not out in front of the camera. I wonder if that like that's been the big thing we've been banging on for the last couple of months is like is third leg Greg on his way out? Are they going to refresh this and bring in an adult like that? You know, a tool coastline guy seems like he's kind of the adult in the room came from the Tampa Bay bucks. He's, you know, kind of laying out some of the, the future plans that they have. Like, I, I feel like, uh, you know, that's, that's like the tour, like the PGA tour has gotten super lucky because Greg Norman's been personally involved and invested in this thing and is a fucking buffoon.
0: Yeah. And that's where it's like their their comms director was was exposed for liking some some quite, uh, quite, quite inflammatory posts on Twitter this past week, who also comes from the Greg Norman side. And it's I do wonder just if that if that clock starts ticking a little bit on that end or why all of a sudden Greg Norman would have a, a low profile at the at the grand finale here the last time. They're really going to be on camera until I believe February or so. that It is a little, a little bit, just a tad suspicious. And I'm sh- and I'm sure
2: they'll try to play it as, oh, this was always, always planning to step aside and all that, you know. But but yeah, I would say I'd be a lot more worried if I'm the PGA Tour and it and it's and it's like the entire thing isn't seemingly based on some personal vendetta.
0: Well, Rather, it's yeah. it's more of a business venture. It's just you know? my reaction after reading, uh, you know, Evan's article in Golf Digest. With, and like you said, the uh, Atul Khosla, it was just like, oh, well, all that makes sense. Like, that makes perfect <laughs> right. sense. So it's just like right. 90% of the podcast this past year has been like, this makes no fucking sense. Like, why? why is this happening? This is bullshit what he's saying. There's plenty of bullshit still being said, and we can get to some more of that. But like, It was all caked in these like lies and propaganda. Whereas like Otto Castillo says, like, hey, we have to start commercializing the product, get on TV. We need to find corporate partners. These are milestones we need to get hit going into next year. It's like, oh, that's like pretty direct and like that. It makes a lot of sense rather than like pretending that everything is fine here. Like, yes, you do need to check off on those things and uh, like actually laying out how the captains are going to own twenty five percent equity in the teams and like. But starting next year the teams like pay for their own travel and we start to graduate from this recruiting phase and all that it's like man like finding some answers into like how this is all going to work instead of just putting up this big curtain over everything and and pretending like everything's fine behind the curtain so that's at least got my attention I
2: think on that end like as far as the you know as far as the 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 franchises and the teams doing that like I think that only makes it stronger like it, it it kind of allows all the teams and the franchises to have their own identity right with uniforms and with all that where where i would you know kind of raise my hand and say well all right if you guys want to commercialize this like what sacrifices are you going to have to make to the product if you add commercials into the the shotgun start or whatever like how is this going to work how 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 similar is it going to look to a pga tour broadcast you know
0: yeah I, i i still have strong i i still think that there's a little bit of peacocking around this is what yeah. we, you know, this is what we want to do just because you can't say out loud, this is a giant sports washing activity and we don't care if we lose money on it. Like, yeah, we, we need to be on TV, like all that. But yeah, it's a great article, golf, uh, golfdigest.com that I think just kind of starts to we'll, we're going to talk with Evans, I think sometime this fall, um, just kind of laying out what that future looks like. Guys, it, we're starting to slow down a little bit. I think with Liv, uh, you know, kind of being pushed off to the side here for a few months, might have a little more time to get on the golf course, practice a little golf, play a little golf. You can play your best golf with the Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor, the number one rated personal launch monitor on the market today. It, it features incredibly precise measurements, remarkable accuracy, data-rich visuals, and performance combines. It's really small. It fits on the outside of your bag. It's about the size of a rangefinder, takes like two seconds to set up, and it pairs Doppler radar with an iPhone or an iPad camera it ensures that every golf ball is tracked it visually charts each of your golf shots uh, that you hit on the practice screen or practice range excuse me it'll show you you know where you're missing how far it goes when you pull it left how far it maybe doesn't go when you push it right how much uh, if you're hitting 70 percent of your balls right it gives you so much data to help you improve well, you know, a lot of people go to the range and just continue to work on things that they the, whatever went wrong in the most recent round, when in reality, uh, this thing is going to give you a lot better information as to what you should be practicing. And It helps you practice with the purpose every time you hit the range. Get the launch monitor. Every golfer needs the MLM from Rapsodo, the official launch monitor of no laying up. Rapsodo.com slash NLU promo code NLU for $100 off the MLM. Again, Rapsodo.com slash NLU promo code NLU $100 off the MLM. I'm gonna
2: dust off my rap soda this week. We've got our, our NLU season ending championship at Jack's Beach this week. Uh not, we got the Northeastern out event, of the way. Which is a miss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's not we got the Nor'easter out of the way uh, this week. This it's gonna be gorgeous weather and my golf game freaking stinks right now. So I'm gonna try to find something.
0: Well, we, sure. we put together a few uh, questions and segments here to kind of, as we, as we look back and we covered a lot of stuff with related to live this week, but wanted to look back at this past year and kind of take stock of things. And, uh, we're going to start this out we'll, and we'll start, I'll start with you, DJ. What is your headline for lives 2022 season? What is it, what does it all boil down to?
1: Uh, so I, I was kind of thinking headline from this week, but I actually think it kind of works for the whole season too, which is that you know you can mess with the wording but 65,000 people watch live golf finale at Trump Doral i think there's a lot of words that are chosen very specifically in there i think it's very important that we have this so on one hand i am fully with you in that like it is year 0 it is a total experimentation ground we're not on tv yada 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 uh but even with that said like think about how much fucking oxygen live has gotten this year and how much like coverage it's gotten, how much, how many people are talking about it. And I still have not met a human in real life that has asked me about anything pertaining to anything that's happened on the golf course with this thing. And and it's, it's really hard to put into context in the grand scheme of things in a professional sports media world, how few 65,000 is and you're playing for $50 million this year. And you've had this lead up you've signed truly like we can't quibble with this. Some of the best players in the world, some of the most marketable players in the world, and you have 65,000 people watching your product. Uh, and I'm not even messing with like the YouTube stuff. Cause I think YouTube actually has a lot of positives to it, which I think we can get to get to later on. I just, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't think it's it's all roses and I don't think it's all solved with some magical TV deal either. I, I don't think that, you know, just because you get on FS1 or you get on some cable sports network, all of your problems go away. I still think it's like this thing that there's not a massive appetite to actually watch. Like I I think at the end of the day, like it's still a golf product, right? And I think that's kind of the the weird part here is they've built, they've kind of made their bones on this idea that like, Oh, we're going to disrupt all the things that you don't like about watching golf. We're going to make it super exciting, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, it's still like holes two through 17 are just like really boring, pretty nondescript golf. And it's, it's feels a lot like you're watching, you know, the Valero Texas open out there. There's just not a lot of differentiator. And, and so, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's. I think we've said a lot about the team stuff. I think there's a lot to pull on there that can really separate it. But as of right now, it is, you know, you've had as much coverage as you're probably going to get, unless Rory or Jordan Spieth or someone else massive jumps, and sixty five thousand people have chosen to watch it, and I, I don't think that's good.
2: I think one clarification: I don't think it's millions of people watching, but I will say they do have TV deals in like 25 countries and there's people watching on the website plus YouTube. Like it's not just the YouTube stuff. Right. Um, I don't, I don't think it's hundreds, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people watching, but there's, there's probably more people watching than, and I don't think anybody was watching.
0: I think for, for, but I think they deeply also care about the U S and UK markets and that's YouTube. And like to get that few people watching is pretty astonishing. I mean, we got we had what five thousand people watching our premiere of a, a episode that they can watch at any time that does not need to be watched live. Five thousand watch that, and they're getting sixty five thousand to watch Cam and DJ. Like that is that's inc- it. Really, is incredible. TC, what's your what's your what's your headline? What's it What's it all boiled down to?
2: Uh, I would say golf exclamation point louder and with terrible branding and music. Uh, I I I honestly cannot get over the team names. I still cannot <laughs> wrap my head around the fucking. We'll team We'll get names. to team
0: names. We'll get to team names. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I think that's that's it. I think there's, you know, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things. Like Kent Babb had a really good article in the Washington Post this week um, about go, you know he went over to the Jeddah event. At King, you know what? No, it's not Jeddah. It's King Abdullah Thank Economic you. City, Thank which you. is 90 minutes away from Jeddah, uh, and and had a pretty insightful piece on that it's just like he talked to a female volunteer there and it kind of like he said kind of his one uh his one like unscripted interaction of the entire week uh and, and there's a Dave Eggers book i read a few years back called a hologram for the king that that it, that it kind of reminded me of of like you know i think the the main the main point of his piece was was largely around the impatience and Kind of wandering eye of the saudis of like you know king abdullah economic city was supposed to house 2 million people and have mass transit and a subway system and you know or like the the riyadh financial district was they set aside a 100 million dollars to build that and it's still like isn't built or Neom or the Lion City, like they've got all these irons in the fire, and like the Jeddah Tower, for instance, it was supposed to be the tallest building in the world. They paused it in twenty eighteen, and they haven't started it back up since. And it's like, you know, at what point do they get bored? Do they not see the the return with with live? Or, you know, who knows what their what their true motivation or priority is with it? Maybe they've already, you know, largely achieved that to a certain extent. As soon as they sign on a corporate sponsor or two or as soon as they sign on a media deal in certain markets it's normalized doing business with the kingdom uh from a public you know standpoint or like from a public opinion standpoint so i think that's kind of the big theme for me is like it's you know i I think this year started as a very uh you know kind of you know oh this is sports washing this is this is you know all about the politics all about the the political science behind it and, and I think that's almost faded to the background a little bit. And now it's just like, just why, right? Like, it's it's kind of like, you know, it's like we've established that. That's why they're doing it. Um, but, like, I keep getting back to, like, yeah, but I would say the same thing if, like, Canada was trying to own golf or the state of California or something like that. I would still say, like, A, like, why, and B, like, that's not good. Like, you know, Martin Slumbers had a, had a piece with John Huggins this week as well where he's like – He's like the Saudis want to throw a bunch of money into golf. That's great. But he's like what I'm worried about is the meritocracy element of it and making sure that like there's pathways and that shit is earned. you know and and that that I think is is, you know, more of a question than ever. and I
1: think, golf. sorry, just r- real quick, I, I think I brought up Ben Crane earlier as kind of like a throwaway comment. but he's like the the best example that I've seen in a long time of why you can't just pick. Forty-eight arbitrary dudes, and then instantly give them, you know, an opportunity to win world ranking points against Cam Smith, against Dustin Johnson, et cetera. Because there's fucking guys like Ben Crane who can still go out on the PJ tour and shoot sixty-two. Like, there, you don't just get to like jump the line on all of those dudes. And that was just kind of the. I thought about that this week when we saw that on Thursday.
0: And I think it is again. We're probably not speaking to the crowd that listens to this podcast an hour in, but there is a huge still disconnect of like the difference between being a paid spokesman spokesman for the Saudi government. And like the, this sport having Saudi funding, like we like we've has been pointed out many times, like the Saudis are invested in a lot of business and it's not a one drop rule. It's not, you know, if, if 5%, if they own 5% of, of FedEx, it doesn't mean like I refuse to use FedEx in any way. That's not the case at all. It's like, if the, that the difference between that and like having to go around and say nice things about your bosses that are the Saudis is like, what has made this so offensive from the jump? So I still don't believe when the Saudis try to say things like that, they wanted to invest in the PGA tour and the PGA tour wouldn't answer the call. Like, listen, I don't, I'm not going to go ahead and believe that, but there is like uh, Martin slumbers is, to the Martins. Like I agree with Martin slumbers the way he put it in that article as well, in terms of like, I, I, ne- I just need people to know how fast those differences are. And I know that will change no one's mind about how they feel about it. But My my headline for the season strange mix of pro golfers join Saudi funded exhibition series. It is there's no rhyme or reason behind the players that play in it other than these are the guys that were willing to sell out. The four aces are not the best golfers of, of any kind. They're just like the best of the sellouts. Like that's kind of how this is defined to me. Like I, I'm watching a competition. And even some of them, some of
2: them aren't even the best of the sellouts. They just happen to be. Correct. On this They're team. the best
0: team of the sellouts, I guess. But it's that's how I how I would summarize like the competition that I just watched. Like I, I enjoy watching the best of you know athletics in, in a lot of a myriad of ways. And this was just not that. It was um a weird collection of of talent and non talent that we were like. They were forcing upon us to try to care about and like, look, and I don't regret one ounce of breath we've spent on this podcast talking about it. Like the whole dynamic of all of this is still extremely, extremely interesting. It cracks me up still when we get questions of like, only thing I ever hear about live is from you guys still whining about it. It's like, Oh, like I it's still the most important thing that's happened in golf in my lifetime. And, and, it's still going to shape how the next 10, 15, 20 years are in professional golf. And I don't regret at all the time we spent talking about it. I just wish I cared about the golf more or the golf mattered more or it didn't diminish professional golf in the way that it has. So,
2: so like, going back to your point of like the the third, you know, the third place team today, uh, like two of the guys like Chase Kepka and Peter Uline, one of them can't get a PGA Tour card. The other one can't keep a PGA Tour card. I like, can't even get it inside the top 125 Guys, okay. Chase Cappie is not even in the
0: realm of a PGA tour card. Like, exactly, not- and their
2: and their their scores like counted today, or like we're going to count today. You know, I mean, like they both shot seventy five today, and they finished third place, and made and made and made fucking six million dollars for the team, which is one point five million dollars apiece for him. Like Peter, you, I made like ten million dollars this
1: year. In a in a lot of ways, it I feel like it it validated a lot of how I was feeling about the PGL, because I know we've, you know, some rightfully and some not so rightfully, I think we've taken a lot of shit for like, well, you guys were all in on the PGL, you know, when this was their idea. Now you hate this live stuff. And I think what was so appealing about the idea of the PGL was like, when you get everybody to go at once, right. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Picturing today and the team for like, or really this weekend and the whole team format and picturing that that those teams are made up of whatever pick four like actual competitive tour players. I mean, God, dude, sign me up for that. How much better is that than the Valero Texas open? How much better is that than a lot of the stuff that we watch 25 weeks a year? Right. But like what was so fucking clear from the jump here was like, oh God, they're not going to even come close to getting everybody. And all it is going to do is make both things way worse. And I think we've pretty validated in that as well.
0: That's what I've been screaming from the rooftops. And it's just like, take the tiniest peek around the corner to what's to come. Like the whole, the wave of like, I, I, I've seen nothing. I've heard nothing that makes me think there's a whole new wave of talent, top other guys that are going to be making the leap now. Right. So, so now it's just cam and DJ over there playing with the plumbers and firemen and just throwing up a shit ton of distractions and a big chunk of like the medium players that like the Abe answers, the Coke racks and whatnot that like, help support the talent of the PGA tour. They're not needle movers, but like they're very good players. They're not superstars by any means, but they're very good players and a shitload of the best entertainers, the Bryson's the reads, like he kind of entertains in like the, the, like a ass backwards way of just, it's really funny to make fun of like Phil always a constant entertainment, all gone. And that's just where like, yes, that's exactly why this, this polarizing split is, I don't think, Gonna be a great thing. But let's get to our questions.
1: Sorry, last thing. In a a weird way, it almost like it almost makes those guys that like could have been supporting characters like totally fucking irrelevant, right? Like thinking like you said, Abe Answer, and it's like, dude, I haven't even thought about Abe Answer in four months. And like Carlos Ortiz is another one, or Matt Wolf is probably the best example of someone that's like, dude, you could have had like your week or your couple weeks or whatever. Like you could have been. Like I love watching Abe Anser play golf. I love watching him like contend for PJ Tour events. I don't give a shit if he's like contending for you know what like if he wins his singles match in one of the like it's it's just it's really it's really weird. It like makes those almost like worst of the worst on those guys.
0: The only thing I'll push back there is Wolf. Liv makes so much sense for Wolf. Like the Wolf- dude was pretty oh, clearly yeah. like not cut out for PJ Tour professional golf grind. And to do it however many weeks a year in a team aspect and 54 holes like seems way, way, way more makes yeah. makes sense for Wolf. That's the only pushback I would have in any of this. But let's get to the remaining superlatives. Let's start. TC here. What was Liv's biggest success? We've probably touched on some of these throughout the course of the last hour, but what's what's been their biggest success?
2: I, I was impressed with the way that they set up a broadcast that quickly. Like it came together. Uh Centurion was pretty juiceless, but I think when they, you know, as they kind of found a rhythm their second, third, fourth event. Um, you know, they they stood something up out of nothing and did it pretty, you know, like granted, like they didn't have a working leaderboard on the website or like, you know, there were some things that, you know, maybe could have signaled, hey, like this is just a little bit about the golf, which like when you don't have a leaderboard on your website, it's like, all right, like clearly you don't give a fuck about the golf. Um, but like, like the fact that they they just showed a bunch of golf and In a way that I wish, you know, the PGA tour would, would kind of take some notes from like more handheld cameras, like a little bit more lo-fi in certain regards. um, But just cutting around and, and some of that is, you know, all the players being on the course at the same time and only 48 players. But at the same time, I think it's, you know, hats off to them for um, that's, you know, doing a TV broadcast is not an easy thing to do as golf channel and NBC and CBS tend to show us on a, on a weekly basis. So I think, uh, you know, hats off to them on that front.
1: I think when it was first announced, it was, it was pretty easy to let a visual in your head of like, this is going to be a bunch of streaming cell phones, like wandering around on a golf course. And it was, it was not that it was like a very, very proper telecast. I'm, I'm passing the
0: it. current t- television broadcasters, if I may yeah. say, and t- honestly, part of the reason why I thought that part was going to be a disaster was how much they've been in our ears screaming about how hard it is to produce golf. And it was like, Oh no, we just actually, actually just rolled out of the, uh, out of bed and produced it like that. It was pretty, pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> Deej, what was their lives biggest success?
1: Uh, I think Cam Smith. I think the Cam Smith coup was their was their biggest success. I think that was the like the momentum was starting to slow at that point when you're starting to get the like Tringales and people like that that are are your big signings. And getting the fucking open champion right after he wins the Claire Jug is like
0: that's that was a, a gut punch to the PJ tour. See, that was kind of my answer, but I, I framed it in I think their biggest success was disrupting the professional golf scene by signing away significant name some significant names, talents and entertainers is my answer. Like it's a it's a big win to sign cam, but it's a bigger loss for the golf world. Like it's just bigger disruption more than it is like a great thing for live. And it just kind of tears it tore apart the golf world and tore apart it. it 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 it's yeah it's disruption for the sake of disruption more than it is a benefit
2: that's the thing i think it's like the success is you know like because i think some of the stuff that they spurred with the pga tour you know the, the tour accelerated certain things or it forced the tour to, to look at things differently um and to at least try to evolve the product which hopefully we'll see that over the next couple of years but like the it's not a debits and credits thing, right? Like it's the credits do not add up to the debits. The debits are, are much higher. They've, they've, you know, it's like, I'm like, I'm sitting here bummed because like, I love watching Cam Smith play golf. Like he just, he plays fearless, you know, aggressive golf. He, he rolls the rock so well, like shit, even that up and down on 18 that he had, like was just, just, you know, it's just really fun to watch him scramble around and play golf. And like, I was just bummed that, that, You know, I don't really. I only get to see that four times a year now, uh, in like the biggest moments.
0: What was Liv's uh, biggest mistake? I'll start this one. Uh, I think this may be a common answer. We may have touched on this as well, but I think Liv's biggest mistake. It's hard to judge, but I I still do want to say having third leg Greg run the show. It's hard to say like what kind of you know credibility, quote unquote, it gave them, um, or how much he was able to. His impact was able to help sway some of these top names to join. But it has been a total clown show from the public-facing perspective, and that feels like uh, their biggest mistake. Deej. Uh,
1: So this is going to sound like a trite throwaway answer, but I I mean this very sincerely in that I think their biggest mistake was being massive dicks constantly. In that, like, like they were the most unlikable, not only the most unlikable group of players, right? Like nobody. It's been very clear over the past however many years, like not that many people riding for for a lot of the guys that that signed up but i think just by treating this thing like fuck you it's us against them like so uh just i don't know just so like hostile towards towards everything I think if you saw and maybe some of this has to do with like the courses that were available to them and the players that were able to, you know, to jump for this thing, like it was a very your vibe attracts your tribe situation. But if you if you take like a lot of the successes from this past week and you just you know mind erase the last six months, eight months, nine months, whatever. And you just picture this as like a league that would have come in and just be like, hey, man, the PJ Tour is doing their thing. And we're just, we totally respect that. And we're just going to be over here, like trying to get this new thing stood up. And I hope you like it. And if you don't, let us know what we could be doing differently. Like if they would have just had a little bit of humility, I think people are so fed up with how boring the PJ Tour is that they would have attracted a ton of people to like ride for their cause. And instead, it just turned into like, fuck you if you don't like it you're a fucking loser snowflake pussy and like this is real golf and it's just like jesus man like uh, yeah that's gonna like turn some people off and it's it just seems like a little bit of tact would have gone so far and that has to do with with hiring greg norman as well and it has to do with you know maybe that was the pgl's mistake right was that they didn't they didn't Approach it that way, and maybe that's why they didn't attract all the people who wanted to sell out. And so, who knows? That's that's from afar. But I, I would say uh being huge dicks was would be my answer. TC, what was your biggest mistake?
2: DJ, it's funny how the the people who seem to be the loudest about like keep your politics <laughs> out of my sports or crazy. How that works, TC? bringing politics at to the forefront. Totally crazy. Uh, I would, I, I'd be very curious. I'm not sure if this was their biggest mistake, but it very well could have been, but it also could have been a you know a good thing. You know, maybe maybe things would have progressed a different way and they wouldn't have gotten, say, Cam. Um, but I would say the biggest mistake was just like the Mickelson stuff in the spring. Like Mickelson's, you know, A, putting a lot of your eggs into the Mickelson basket. <laughs> Being of, in the Mickelson you know, business just, at large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it just seems like that's gonna be like not a very good business. <laughs> it's uh, a volatile and, like, business, uh, TC. <laughs> There's going to be some, some like a point of diminishing returns, I think. Some boom some, years, some other some stuff. Bust years. The Mickelson. Business. Yeah, there's some skeletons in the closet. There might be some some audits coming, you know, uh, you know stuff like that, where I think, uh, you know, th- that whole thing really changed because they were ready to like sign a bunch of people right then and there. Right. I mean, they it, was, had. it was, you know, right. Yeah. And it was kind of one of the, yeah, and it was kind of one of those things where it was like, you know, like that kind of put a pause on everything. But I'm not sure whether that was, you know, kind of allowed them to get their ducks in a row a little bit more, or if it was, you know, truly a hindrance and they would have signed more top shelf guys right away.
0: Next up is what was the funniest moment? I'm gonna take this one first. Uh, the first photo of Phil at the at the live party, I think, <laughs> <laughs> had to be had to be the funniest moment. My runner, I'll let you guys pick it. I'll get to my runner up. Deej, what do you have?
1: Uh, I've, gosh, I forgot about the Phil thing. I, I, I feel like I forgot about so much. I'm so excited for some of the year in review content that's going to come out to just remind me of all the shit that I forgot about. But I think the first look at the logos for me that day <laughs> of when the, when all the like sniper photos, they didn't allow any media at the like press conference, essentially. <laughs> they just had like a big party where they like unveiled all this stuff. Uh, and you know, people are, are tweeting out these like gorilla photos of the logos and the fireballs logos out there. It was just that, that was, I think maybe the happiest I've been in this, in this whole process was, was watching all the clip art logos come out. TC.
2: My favorite thing, it it will not be topped. I don't think in the history of live was the picture of slugger white (laughs) at the party. (laughs) I mean that, that was, that just fucking spectacular, man.
0: My my runner-up was the fan that got hit on the 18th hole at Boston, and then went went into a speech about how the PGA lived, need to get along, and they egged him on until he put his Trump hat on, and, and the whole crowd cheered. That was the funniest moment to me. That was that was the most dystopian and uh, just how is this real life moment for me?
1: It was a rallying cry for peace. I I, I appreciated that from from that guy, the the, the voice of reason.
0: The first Brooks presser—that uh, was the, some of the funniest shit I've ever seen—in in a totally miserable way. But
2: some of the worst shit I saw all year was the the trash talking yeah.
0: between Naab and yeah.
2: Poulter. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad.
0: Uh, the best team name and logo, and worst team name logo. TC, we'll go to you first.
2: Oh my god, there's so many different directions I could go with this. I almost feel like we've got to do like a non a non fireball. I, I, I excluded them <laughs> because the I knew
0: DJ was going to take that one.
2: Yeah, the fireballs are just like the cliques and the Nivlix are so dumb, but so harmless and everything. Uh like I think my least favorite or the worst is the Crushers. It's just so corny and stupid, uh, just from the the like the name. But the but logo-wise, I mean it's gotta be either Stinger or Smash. Like they both look like a colonoscopy (laughs) of sorts. And then best, I would say, uh, you know. I'd say fireballs. I also think the Majestics. It's a terrible name, but I think they have a good they have good branding. Good motif.
1: Uh, I would say the exact opposite. I think the name's great. That's the only one that didn't like make me laugh out loud out of like secondhand embarrassment. And then the logo is kind of was Majestics
2: uninspired. Yeah, didn't make you. No, laugh?
1: it's like so British and so like kind of twee. It's it's great. I'm in on the Majestics. <laughs> what
0: were your picks, indeed?
1: Uh, I had the Majestics as the best name. Uh, I think the Four Aces have a solid logo, very derivative of other other logos uh, throughout the game. And then the Fireballs, you know, I, I got a soft spot, of course, in, in my heart for the Fireballs, but I, I, of course, procedurally have to give them worst name and worst logo. Uh, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to uh, Stinger GC. And uh, the the one that looks like the colon, I don't really know what else it would be. Other like it just looks like you're trying to make it look like a colon, and I don't know what else yeah. it like it would be. I don't know what they were going for. That is it like wouldn't a, be a colon. Is it like a snake or like a scorpion? But it's like puffy. Or something? It's like super puffy. Like I, I, I don't know. It just it has to be like, a, like a an colon. intestine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think the four aces and maybe it's just because they're they're winners but uh I think their their team name so first of all I thought it was like four aces like four of a kind like aces like a, that makes perfect sense yeah, the in the email description about the names it's about hole-in-ones four hole-in-ones yeah, ones is what it's about which uh, it was a big strike against them but I think their 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 motif and everything is probably my favorite but I got to throw a vote for the Ironheads. Just <laughs> uh, worst everything. it
2: has been, oh, it's
0: been
1: really putting, taking the Ironheads to task all season. I mean, the, the
0: Ironheads? <laughs> That's your team name? That's um, bad. But, yeah. Shout out to Craig Hayward. <laughs> Who? I struggle with this one, I'm not going to lie. Who came out?
2: I, I, let's let's not let Torque get off scot-free here either. Okay. It's bad. They're, they're, their whole thing sucks. <laughs>
0: Too. I struggle with this one, but who came out looking the worst? It was really tough to pick between a bunch of dudes that came out looking really shitty.
1: I, I don't think it's even close, personally. I, I, think, I think the Mickelson business takes it by a mile. I think picture this dude won a fucking major last year and became the oldest major champion in the history of golf and should have been just like a year-long celebration tour and instead is just... Like a shell of himself, divorced dad energy, making bad jokes with people he clearly like doesn't want to be hanging out with, has just been publicly depanced with like comments that never meant to be public. It's just it's like he's like toast, and that that is that's one of the great falls of of our time. I think I don't I don't think he's coming back.
0: I think that's an easy one and I think I almost I almost was giving him probably too much credit for like the in the Phil was right camp in terms of like changes being made to the PGA tour in a really backwards way he ends up looking good in some of that I think now in some way it's not I am not in the Phil was right camp on this but like and I think he went about obviously went about it in all of the worst possible ways imaginable including don't under under any circumstances got to hand it to him you do not have to (laughs) hand it to him but uh he bottom line like he had a point in a way about like why is there not more money being distributed and all of a sudden money did get distributed if you overly simplify everything that is a a win in the fill column in the court of public opinion like i i think that 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 sums up really well i think who came out looking the worst? I guess maybe just the guy I was most wrong about or had backwards was Kepka, like yeah. the bulldog, tough guy. Like major champion. All I care
2: about is majors and competitive golf, man. Like I just want to compete like a real
0: athlete. And for him to like go and in his own words sell out, that was the one that was just like the most like what the fuck is going on right here. But he's probably not the one that came out looking the worst, but that he 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 came out looking worse than maybe it's being talked about. I would think because he's been totally irrelevant ever since then.
2: You know what? I'm gonna go like, Kepka was up there for me. I'm gonna go a different direction though. I'm gonna say Jay Monahan. Like I I think the way that that he's been depanced and all this and just the, the PGA tour at large, as far as the way that they run their business, uh, I'm hearing around town that like they've called around to every single golf club here. I've heard this from very credible people here in town, uh, like not related at all to cam, um, uh, that they've called around and ha- had San Jose Atlantic beach, you know, Pablo Creek. I get cause Fincham and Monaghan are members there. Um, you know, PVIC, uh, the yards even. They've called around to every single one of these places and had him blackballed. And it's like, man, like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, they got, like, I think Cam, I don't think Cam really, you know, did anything egregious on his way out the door. Like, yeah, he's the reigning players champ and the, and that sucks that he's not gonna be able to go defend his title and all that. But, um, you know, like the tour doing stuff like that or doing stuff like, like that they they've been rumored to do, like just, bad business, right? Like the stuff that they're getting investigated on now on like the antitrust and the, and the group boycott stuff of just like, holy shit, like you guys are so sloppy and you're so poorly run and you're so like, and, and the way that your own members, like their, their, uh, per- perception of you and is, is so negative And like, they're, it's it's kind of I think it's ripped the band-aid off of that. And I think at the end of the day, that should be a good thing for the PGA tour here moving forward if they can wrap their arms around it and figure out how to get better for it. but um but really, overall, it's just like, man, the 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 amount of pettiness and just point missing by the tour from, I mean, even going back to like Monahan at the canadian open, right? of of, you know, standing up there and looking terrible in the booth and talking about, the 9-11 families and this and that. And it's just like, dude, you're like, this ain't it, you know? So I don't know. I think that's like, I think between Jay Monahan and Greg Norman, they both need to get the fuck out. Uh, so, you know, for the sake of golf.
0: I have no, I have no reason to doubt the information, what you're saying about the, the, the uh, being blackballed from, for many clubs. And if they, if that is the case, that's super fucked up. And also like, it seems like, way it seems unbelievable like uh, unbelievably stupid in terms of group boycott stuff they unnecessarily petty that almost like i can't I, I i can't picture that being the case even i i'm again not telling the information it's just like there's no way they can care that much there's no way they could take it that personally and if they if that is the case they deserve whatever is coming to them because it just makes no sense And they're sense.
2: using they're using <laughs> like you know all right cool you want morgan stanley to come stay at your hotel cool <laughs> like that, that like that's how and 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 be- and like, I believe it wholeheartedly because they did all the same shit with certain vendors that work with the tour that were going to work with live. Right. And they, they threatened them in, you know, into submission. And it's, it's one of those things. It's like how fucking sloppy and like, you know, lack of common sense. Can you have here, man? Very
1: different scale, of course. But, uh, it just reminds me of when, uh, the tour suspended my Twitter account when I tweeted that Bryson video during the, uh, during the COVID tournament. <laughs> It was like, hey, man, like this is what you guys are working on right now. Like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is what you got going. This is what you're putting your best minds on. Come on. I- I'm going to throw out, I think, also receiving votes, Uh, you know, certainly not a not a winner here. But I don't think anybody had any Taylor Gooch sentiment before this. And I don't, <laughs> I like Taylor Gooch before this, which I, a lot. I, I think you'd have to admit you're probably in the minority there. Right. I, I think there was, I think people were,
2: I just thought he was a really good sure. golfer, uh, but know? I
1: think people were very, very neutral on Taylor Gooch before this. And, and I, I think sentiment <laughs> has, has dropped, uh, in his regard.
2: So I feel like we got to give Bubba an honorable mention Bubba me. almost like is Bubba, Bubba showed himself as like a, a total, like cartoon <laughs> character. Who's like a complete empty. I suit.
1: just don't think anybody cares. I don't think anybody cares. I think that leads us into, like, who came out looking the best. And I I think Bubba, like, I'm totally with you. Everything he's done has been so fucking soulless and seemingly against, like, everything he's ever said in the public eye. And just, like, nobody cares. And Dustin would be, I think, the clear winner of kind of, like, who came out looking the best, which is just, you know, he basically made the whole thing possible with the last minute about face when it looked like they were floundering and everybody was going to drop out and Dustin like securing him kind of made this whole thing go forward. And I don't think he's taken like any of the heat for anything.
0: I, that's why I, I don't think he deserves to say come out looking the best. Like I think he's to blame no, totally. for most of this, but just the, his demeanor and everything helps him helps him pull it off.
2: Um I think Sergio also comes out looking like a total chode as well because he's doing the whole pity party. Well, the same dude the that, that said
0: War. in the meeting to the European Tour players, like you guys, literally, I'm not making this. You guys are fucked. This tour is shit. Is now being like, yeah, I guess like some of those dudes don't. Some of those dudes don't <laughs> want me in the locker room for the Ryder Cup. It's like it's super why would that be? It's super unfortunate. Why? Why would that be? Who came out looking the best? TC, do you have a an answer to that one?
2: I mean, generally, I think the majors, right? Like, I think that's like they're they're not an individual; they're not uh, a live play. Like, if if it was a live player, I would say, God, probably Peter Uline because he made. I I was wrong earlier. He made twelve point six million dollars this year. You know, as far as public perception goes, there's there's not a whole lot of guys that are just. It's it's more like who didn't come out looking like an asshole or who just kind of slid under the radar. Like guys that didn't lob grenades at, on the, like th- during their way out the door, like Charles, how the third, he's like, Hey, I, I was happy with my time at the tour. I'm ready for something new. I do not begrudge him one bit. You know, it's like, cool, man. Like you made your bed, you committed to it. You're not suing the tour. You're not talking shit about people on the way out. Like you're just, you know, you want to change your pace. I respect that. Um, but like i think the majors just like the majors come out looking best cuz it's going to be the only time that all the best players in the world tee it up together uh every year and um you know i think we were on a track before this even where the majors were getting more and more and more important and the rank and file pga tour events were getting less and less and less important outside from you know a handful of them and i think that's one of the things that they've tried to address with you know that meeting in wilmington during the bmw and all that but like And, and, and hopefully with, with the upcoming tour format being tweaked, um, but that like, this is only accelerated that, right? Like the, the majors are real golf. That's what matters. According to Peter Dawson, like he's, you know, it sounds like the, you know, the masters is like the the past champs are going to come play in the masters and they're probably not going to get invited to the uh, uh, champions dinner, but like the British open is still going to be an open. The U S open is still going to be an open. Some guys may have to, qualify their way in. If anything, I think that makes it a stronger event. It makes it more interesting. It makes sectional qualifying more interesting. Right. So um yeah, I would just say, you know, the majors and and really the um, you know, the US Open, like the USGA, the RNA, and Augusta National, just, you know, first and foremost, like they're just, you know, and the PGA of America, I guess. Like it's just it, now as long as they, as they keep their hand out of the cookie jar and don't get greedy with all this stuff. And don't, you know, and don't get too cute and and give the PGA tour too many favors here.
0: I struggled with a, who came out to look the best. Honestly. Um, I kind of, I want to say like Rory in terms of just like, at least like a example, one, a, like one of the few people ever to like start leading the group of PGA tour players, like start making their own decisions, which they are responsible for. Um, and while playing excellent golf and while speaking on the topic very clearly and uh, in a very committed way, I think it, it been very i think he's come out looking great in all this and i don't know if they i don't know if this answer was a question was designed to be someone around live and i if i may throw a also receiving votes the the people that were talking about this way before everybody else was uh -hmm. and and it was warning maybe around a year Mm -hmm. ago around this time that was saying hey like maybe pay attention to this thing and listen to this and let's talk about it's a very interesting re-listen if you go back to literally our episode from this week last year and we could not we did not have the concept down of like a league versus an event series and we were working off extremely small amount of information at that time but it's very interesting uh how things have all played out and one of my favorite moments if you go back almost three years now to the january uh podcast that we did 2020 there was a question you know when it was talking about the pgl breakouts and all that the question was asked like who do you think would be the first to leave? And whoever asked it did not get the question out before DJ was like Phil immediately. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> um, that was one of the one of the great podcast moments we've ever had, if I may say. I think honorable mention
2: for guys that come out looking good too is this Eugenio Chikara guy as well, like who has a wretched, wretched uh, reputation within the collegiate golf scene, like you know, teammates were going to transfer out of Oklahoma state if he was still on the team. Like there's stories of him getting into fights with, uh, with like current players, uh, when he went on official visits, like getting into fistfights in the dorms. Uh, and you know, he, he shows up and he wins, you know, and he wins a shitload of money. And I think he comes from a pretty, pretty, uh, impoverished background and, and, Set for life in more ways than one, both with the upfront and now, you know, with the with the purses. He is another
1: example of I I am not under any circumstances saying that that live is only dickheads. It's just all the dickheads seem to prefer it. (laughs) (laughs) That's you know, it's another good example. I TC, I'll give it from, from a hotelier perspective. I think the staff at the Hotel DuPont. Came out looking really nice in the in the uh, the conference room setup that they they provided for you know changing the structure of the entire PGA Tour. I think I think that comes out well. So a couple other fringe you know vote receivers at, at the end of that one.
2: I it, like also DJ. It cannot be uh, overstated how when we were in Korea, just asking around, we're like, oh, like it's kind of bizarre that Liv hasn't seemed to really. Gain any sort of foothold in the actual golfing right. markets in Asia, in Japan, in South Korea. Uh, well, they're and, looking to
1: grow the game. Know, like Game's already no, grown there. They don't. They don't need to.
2: Maybe, yeah. Uh, but man, like I was, I was asking around when we were in South Korea about Kevin Na, and they're like, "Oh, dude, like, like everybody here fucking hates Kevin Na. <laughs> like he's he's a joke. Like he's he's a he's a cartoon character." And like it just kind of blows me away that they haven't made any sort of inroads to South Korea.
0: A lot, wrapping up this section here, how do you, how do we see the next year playing out? How do you see the next four years playing out as it as it pertains to live? Deej, we'll start with you. I I think the next year, and
1: of course, we'll preface this with who knows. Like I, I'm kind of so you said this a couple weeks ago. Like we've kind of left the station as far as like being able to easily predict what's going to happen. And now we're kind of in this territory of like, I don't know, man, it's pretty uncharted and, and we'll, we'll have to see. So it's all pure speculation, but I am of the somewhat pessimistic mindset that it's going to kind of slow to a bit of a, a, a bit of a like irrelevancy next year. I mean, I know it's, it's irrelevant from a competition standpoint this year, but I think they've still got, like I was saying earlier, they've still got all the juice. They've got all the headlines. They've got all these things. Like once those go away, what's left, man. And that's what we saw in a lot of those overseas events is like, man, once the, once the drama leaves, like there's really no reason to tune in to this thing. And so that's where I get a little skeptical that, that, you know there's some big salvation coming down the line here and so i guess from a big picture perspective it's like i kind of see it like running out of gas over the next year or so and maybe they keep funneling money into it but just the same way tc you brought up your beloved king abdullah economic city talk to anybody who's been there and they're like dude it's like a it's like a lego city like it's all these buildings that are just completely empty like and i think you know that that uh Washington Post story you brought up earlier, Tron did a great job of laying out a lot of those abandoned projects of just like, yeah, no, this was going to be a, this was going to be a $500 billion thing and they just, you know, it wasn't really working. So they just kind of walked away. So I know it's very easy to say right now, like we're in this thing for the long haul, but uh, I'm, I'm skeptical of that. And I, I think no TV partners going to, going to help fuel that. I think running out of players is going to help fuel that. It just seems like it's going to run out of gas, but you know, I've been wrong many, many times before. So who knows? TC?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, kind of simmers along over the next year or two. I think it'll be really interesting. It sounds like these guys have either three or five-year deals. I think a lot of them have five-year deals. So we'll see kind of how they cycle guys in and out, how they, you know, who's who's in it to stay, how they integrate the, the Asian tour stuff into it as well. Um, You know, I think some of these guys, some of these international guys may host agent tour events in their home markets um which I don't necessarily even think is a bad thing for golf like I think if they like if they want to play the grow the game talking point like that's actually a good thing like you know if cam's hosting something down there or if Joaquin Neiman is hosting something in Chile or something like I'm cool with that I think that's a good thing I think that's a net a net positive you know I think as the price of oil fluctuates I think it's going to be Harder and harder for the Saudis to stay focused on this thing if it if they truly aren't able to secure the commercial investment that they needed to. But, you know, really at the end of the day, it's like like some of it comes down to as well, like how how good is the PGA tour gonna be at evolving, right? And how 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 badly are they gonna get boned by this antitrust stuff? Cause I think they've made some very, very like seismic strategic mistakes and like in the way that they've gone about fighting this thing off and they've been extremely careless you know to the point where like you guys are a multi-billion dollar organization and you and you you wrote that email or you did this or you sent that text message the fuck are you thinking man
0: which almost like like, i started wondering could that be like a good thing for the pga tour of like having to clean house of everyone that committed antitrust violations and like, does the tour, like, is it that going to be that big of a financial penalty to them that it inhibits, you know, makes more guys leave? Or does it mean that they actually get some better leadership in there to change the way they do things? I, I do, I wonder. But I
2: think it could be one of those things where it's like, you know, it could be an existential thing as well, where, and maybe the next thing that pops up behind it, like they have to declare themselves <laughs> insolvent. And the next thing that pops up, like, they, it could be a billion dollar plus fine, you know, something like, they- like they, those damages are, are tripled in a civil case. The like thing that. that they had those reserves, Phil. That's why they have them. See?
1: Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's when you pop the cherry on those NFTs. Is when that thing <laughs> when
0: yeah. that thing when you got 20 billion in NFTs sitting there, that, that <laughs> yeah. billion's gonna be nothing. But yeah, it's been it's really, really hard to to know what's going to come now. I think it was pretty easy to sit here in February when everyone was, you know, signing off and saying we're committed to the tour, we're committed to the tour. We were the ones screaming on this podcast saying they're putting up the money. Someone's going to go play for it. Someone's going to go play in these events. Their strategy is literally pay Jason Kokrak a ton of money and make other people want to come do it, and that is how it ended up playing out. I just think that there's so much information out there on the table that I don't know why it would take it would take something going very wrong at the PGA Tour level for a Rom, Cantlay, Shoffley, Morikawa, one of those guys to leave. And it it could still be a trickle down effect of if they get one of those big names, hundred percent, the the house of cards could still fall to the point where like, even JT, I think has said like, I'm going to play with the best players in the world. I'm not gonna be like the only one left at the, at the, you know, and I I can't, at that point, I don't even know if I could fault those guys. I really, but I don't sense that that's on the horizon. I really don't. I think that the Neiman was the only guy that left out of the guys that were in Delaware. And I, I could be wrong on this. I could, I could still see Adam Scott or someone else doing it, but those core guys that are on these us Ryder cup and, and president's cup teams, I don't see leaving. And the seven kind of core ish guys on the European side as well. I, I just would be surprised. Listen, has a lot of stuff surprised me to this point? Yes, but I just don't. Uh, I think those guys are at peace with the kind of money that they're going to be making from the PGA tour and have some competitive juice still left in them. Um, so I think it is just going to kind of exist. it, it's been interesting to see kind of how bad the downtrend of viewership and interest has been over the last three or four of these events after Boston, I think, was a pretty raging success, I think they would say, with 180,000 people watching it on YouTube. And uh, no matter how you slice up the TV deal stuff, like having a third of that audience is is mega not good. So just kind of kind of exist. It's going to be probably not as interesting to talk about going forward when in the third leg like, Greg isn't out saying dumb things and and Bryson isn't you know out there whining about not getting his pit money when he didn't, complete the things he needed to do to get his pit money and all this stuff when eventually calms down. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's hard to tell.
2: Is Bryson done? You think like, is he like stick a fork in him competitively as far as like, like you think Bryson contends at a major next year or in the next two or three years? I don't years?
0: think he, no, I don't think so. I think he's, I think he's done. Yeah. I think a lot of these guys are going uh, to struggle. I mean, struggle to compete in majors. I think it's, it's going to be a different, ball game to show up and not be that like people be that excited about you being there i think
2: i guess another question for me is so, so they're going to 14 events next year according to evan's article nine are in the u.s and five are overseas believe, I believe so. that's right yeah that's what they spelled out okay so so we know for sure they're going to valderrama they're going to mayakoba in mexico i would assume they're doing london again or something you know in you know, in or around London. They said Australia Trump yeah.
0: Aberdeen. just from a meet. Yeah. Trump Aberdeen. Trump So there there's your five Aberdeen. already.
1: And that doesn't include like that doesn't include anything in Asia. It also
0: yeah, it doesn't include anything in Saudi.
2: So I would think if anything, it'd be the opposite, right? It'd be five US events, nine overseas. Yeah,
0: nine US events seems like a lot. That seems like a ton yeah. in the US. Especially if you want to be the world golf tour that they've tried to like bur- that bill themselves as. So
2: Yeah. And I feel like they're already scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit as far as courses. And I think that's the other There'll thing.
0: there will be that's, Bedminster. there will be Doral, I assume, for the finale. There's going to be Aberdeen, I assume, and then also the Trump course in Virginia is going to make up four of the that's, – that's going to be four. And four L.A. Courses, maybe too. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. So
2: I would assume Portland, you know, again, I think they've signed a multi-year deal with Escalante. I would assume they're trying to get something in New York. Like they do something at Ferry Point or they do something like – like that—that that seems like somewhere that they want to, you know. I would assume Boston would be in the fray again. I would assume Chicago would be in the fray again. You know, they probably want to get something in Texas.
0: Who knows? Who could say? Who could say?
2: Uh, I just had a quick uh, Asia Pacific Am wrapped up this weekend. Australian kid won. Harrison Crow. Did you see uh, that seventeenth hole? Yeah, our guy Bo Jin dumped his 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 shot uh, in the water on the island green seventeenth hole. That uh we saw Bo play uh, players play the junior players a few years back uh I think he's a sophomore or junior at Oklahoma State but yeah it sounds like uh I don't know just a strong Australian pipeline coming through gets into the Masters with that and then um yeah I talked about earlier John Huggin had a good Q&A with Martin Slumbers he was out at the Asia Pacific Am uh covering that and then on the DP World Tour Jordan Smith won for the first time in in five years, his second DP World Tour win, they were ball in hand all week, um, but so it doesn't count as an official record. But he set the he set the seventy two hole scoring record um, unofficially. I think he was like thirty one under, um, pretty pretty serious. And then I'm not sure if you guys saw the the uh, story about Aaron Cockrell. Air Canada continues to be a massive, massive, massive. And That's experience. on you. He that's flew, a Star Alliance partner. Yeah, it's just it's a stain. It's a stain on the Star Alliance name. Uh, but his wife flew to Madrid to retrieve his clubs that Air Canada had misplaced. They, they were able to get him to Madrid, but they couldn't get him to. Uh, I think they were in Portugal for this one. Um, Couldn't get him to wherever they needed him to be. So she she's like, you know, six months pregnant. She hops on a plane to go get his his clubs because Air Canada can't can't get this shit together. So. Hate that.
0: <laughs> anyway, somehow busy week in the world of golf because thanks to the Butterfield. Yeah, thank you so much for all the drama that that brought us uh, here this past week, but uh we will be back here for regularly scheduled programming uh here next week and thank you
1: pie man and a quick 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 shout out to everybody who said very nice things about our uh debut of tourist sauce yes. uh scandinavia thank you to everybody who tuned in thank you to everybody who tweeted nice things and emails and texts and instagram messages and youtube comments and everything it was a, a smashing success from our end and uh we've got we're going to brohoff salute
0: uh, the big brawny... Why do you keep saying it that way? It's Bruhoff slot.
2: It's, sl- no, it's No. It's, no, it's Sloot. It's sloot. Yes. It's it's like you're on Vander's Sloot or it's like it's Sloot.
0: Okay. I've had I got it's many messages from it's people saying it, you, that I'm correct. It's
2: okay. Bruhoff Sloot. It's I'm, I'm Bruhoff slut.
1: I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, we're going there, and we pronounce it both ways throughout the episode, so we're covered either way. But yeah, tune in for that uh, Wednesday at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or Savings Time—I don't know—Eastern Time, whatever we're on right now.
2: And then we had, and then we we got uh, we had a good trap draw this week. Randy and I are chopping it again uh, this coming Electric week. Electric trap draw this and week. Then, and then yeah, and then Neil hopped on downrange as well. I mean, we're getting a ton of positive feedback on that one. Cody Cody put him in the interrogation <laughs> so, so All right, Good that stuff, is it. Guys. House fun. cleaned.
0: Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you to you both. Lively discussion tonight. Uh, treading some new ground on live, always a challenge. But uh, for uh, all of us here at No Laying Up, signing off. Cheers. We'll see you next week. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes. Johnny,
1: that's better than most How about him? That is better than most Better than most <laughs> Expect